AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every Grey's ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And the new season streaming March 15th. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Does your wife keep track of what you ate? Oh no, 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 no. She doesn't no, keep track of what I ate. That's I don't great. mean like I don't mean like keep track of what you ate in terms of like, hey, you're eating too much. I mean like the good shit in our house. She's watching, like, hey, 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 hey you had the last M&M packet. That's mine. Yeah, we do fight over M&Ms, the peanut kind. We fight over right. candy a lot, my wife and I. Yo, sp- yo, uh, we should talk about this because a lot of people don't know. Go ahead. But it was Cinco de Mayo yesterday. Yes. You what were you fasting, do? so you didn't participate in Cinco de Mayo. No, what did obviously. you do? What did you do? So Casa Vega is one of my favorite Mexican restaurants in the Sherman Oaks area. Right. And, you know, nobody can go to restaurants right now, but they had a little drive through going on where you can mm-hmm. get, you know, tacos and, and, and beans and rice and, and, you know, whatever was on the menu. And margaritas? And margaritas. How do, they, so, how do they give you the margarita in they the drive-thru? They put it in a half-gallon pitcher. <laughs> that doesn't seem Not even a pitcher. It's like a half-gallon, you know, like you put milk in it. You know how you get milk and you, it's a half-gallon bottle, yeah. uh, jar, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. They put it in that. Wow. And we got three of them. Oh, my God. Did you get hammered? We only have one left. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys had a party over there. We drank a gallon of margarita yesterday. Oh, my God. Wow. Delish. I'm so jealous. I literally this 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 fast thing we're on. It's like all you eat is this thin soup. It looks like it looks like gruel. Remember that thing that Oliver wanted more of? Yep. That's what it looks Pizza. like. Yeah, it looks like or like what they'd what they'd slop on on a pirate ship. What they'd serve you for dinner. That's what it looks like. Right? Does it have like a little bit of celery and like a little bit of carrot? It looks like cartoonishly watered down soup. That's what we're allowed to eat. But it's it's white colored. No, it's the color of whatever flavor they think it is. It's like tomato is like tomato colored, but it's just right. got little specks of crap in it. Wow. But just you wait, Donald. We're gonna you're gonna check in when we record on, on Friday and you're gonna you're gonna say, Wow, you look even thinner. I wanna I wanna fast, but I wanna Should we fast. sing? Should we sing? Yeah, sure, why not? I'd like to count in today because I realized I haven't counted in in a long time. I've been giving it to you, I've been giving it to Bill Lawrence, our guest, giving it to Judy as a present. And, 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 I, and I, I just feel feeling left out. Well, Zach, I want you to give it to me. Go ahead. 
Okay, Dan hit it. I like a little. You know what? You know, wait before you hit it, Dan. You know, I always thought it was so cool when DJs are on the radio do the thing they call talk up. Like they know exactly when the words come in and they stop talking right at the. I believe DJs call it talking up a song. Right. Right. So they, they, I'm sure they have it labeled somewhere like the lyrics start at five seconds in or something. And I always thought it was so smooth. So I'd like to talk up this song. Go ahead, do it. Okay, here we go. So I'm not going to count in, Dan. I'm just going to talk it up. Okay. Here we go. I'm nervous now. I'm nervous now. <laughs> There's a lot of go. pressure on you. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to uh, Fake Doctors, Real Friends. We're so glad you're joining us. And here's a song written by Charlie Booth, Donald Faison, and Zach Brown coming at you. Here's some stories about a show we made about a bunch of docs and nurses and a janitor who loved to hate. I said, here's a story. Lots of talk on the social media about you know what I means and uh, uh, and you. Is it is it that bad? No, it's it's just a, it, people just need to accept it. It's part of your way of speaking. It is part of my. I'm way just of concerned speaking. though about those who are doing it as a drinking game that that, that we're going to turn people into alcoholics. I'm of the. I think we should keep the dings, but if you don't want to keep the dings, we could we could remove the dings. And also, I heard by the way, Dan, that you missed some. I saw on Twitter some people were like, "The dings were hilarious, but you guys missed like four. You know what I mean?" <laughs> Dan, what was the total? I mean, of the ones you caught, what what was the total? Nine. Wow. That's not a lot for an hour, dude. By by the way, that's when you were trying not to say it, dude. But but I was also. It was me not it was me using it as slang though at that point. It no, wasn't no. me just saying, you know what I mean after everything I said. Somebody brought to my attention that you say you know a lot. I'm just gonna put it out there. Really? Somebody oh, you're trying to that- shift this shit on to me. <laughs> listen. Listen. I do. I listen, we all have we all if you record someone for multiple hours, you're gonna hear some of the the, th- the things that they say when they speak. I'm sure we all have our own ticks. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. you listening right now, judging us, you probably have some vocal go-tos. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that the ones that kind of get on my nerves yes. are like when people say I mean all the time before they yeah. say anything. I mean, it's like, no, I get it. Or like, I mean, I hear. You say like a lot. We all say like a lot. Though. I know, but the young folks really use like a lot. Yeah. that That's the one that gets me. I mean, I mean. I mean, I mean, liter- the the wrong use of literally is also a, a bit of a, a pet peeve. Really, that's abused. You literally don't like that. I literally, <laughs> we literally get annoyed when people overuse literally. Should we get into the episode, Donald? Let's do it. I love it. Merry what Christmas, episode. everyone. What an Merry I mean, I gotta, Christmas, everyone. I'm just everyone. gonna jump right in and say, okay. "Holy shit, you are so good in this episode." Oh, I forgot so how Turk centric it was. Um, so did it I. Really, it is a Turk episode. And, it is a um, Turk episode. It's a very Turk episode, Donald. It's some I'm great not, moments. I'm not just saying this because I love you so much, but I do. But holy shit, you are so good in this episode. And I, uh, multiple things. There's the, there's the, we could spend a whole episode of this podcast on that gospel fantasy. We're right. going to spend plenty of time on it. Don't get me wrong. But also your, your, your dramatic acting at the end when you're all upset the scene with you and Judy on the roof, you running to the park. I just thought you did really, really good work. In this oh, moment. you're a sweetheart. You know, 
Thank you, first of all. Second of all, this was one of my, this isn't necessarily one of my favorite episodes, but there's so many really cool things that happened in this episode that I got to be a part of. One was obviously the gospel choir thing. That was a lot of fun. One of my favorite movies of all time is Coming to America. Me too. And also Which Way is Up. And in Which Way is Up, Richard Pryor plays a uh, reverend in a church. And in Coming to America, Arsenio Hall's portrayal of the reverend is amazing as well. And so if any, if I was doing anything in that scene, I was stealing from the two of them. Well, because let's I just, just get right to so it. Amazing. Let's get right to it. You are so fucking funny in that. And I, well, I watched it like multiple times just because that scene, I think it's one of the, I honestly, I know we just started this, but I think it's one of the best fantasies in Scrubs history solely because of your performance. And I know that you're doing an homage to your favorite, one of our favorite movies coming to America, but you really made it your own. I mean, I just was dying laughing. The jerry curl, the, um, <laughs> the, the swinging of the arms, the padding of the forehead. Uh, yeah. We gonna, we gonna, what are you we gonna do? We gonna cut them open and then we gonna stow them right back together. <laughs> <laughs> you were, I remember that day genuinely cracking up and you were just going for it, man. You were, you were literally sweating your ass off because it was hot, as I recall. Yes. And you were just being. But I wasn't sweating un- my ass off, so you kind of used literally. In the way that you hate it. Okay, you're right. Because I was literally sweating, but my ass didn't fall off. You're right. You're okay, right. Okay, there it is. I stand there it corrected. Is. <laughs> it is. It is literally not possible in literal sense for someone's ass to be sweat off. I believe. I believe that's true. Joel, please look that up. <laughs> I had a lot of fun doing that scene, man. One of the one of the great things was looking out into the audience also and seeing, you know, how background really enjoyed themselves and then also seeing familiar faces in the background colonel doctor for the first time is in this yeah. episode wait before we, you're, you're jumping around let's just stay focused on you we can't go to colonel doctor but One he's the in the background I, I know but yes okay sorry but i didn't even want to go to colonel doctor yet because it is his first appearance in a scrubs episode he shows up in uh, in in the background of sarah's scene first also Neil Flynn in the background of this episode, uh, clapping. Yes, that was funny. <laughs> it was hilarious. And what about me when I get the spirit? And then you catch in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Dude, that freaked me out the first time I ever saw that. I'm going to be honest you mean with in you. real life when someone In real life, my oh, first yeah. time ever seeing Oh, you someone, saw it in real life. I saw, listen, I went to church with my babysitter. It was like a midnight mass type thing. And we went to church. And we saw, first of all, people around us are catching the spirit, right? Catching mm-hmm. the Holy Ghost. And they're losing it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'm safe. I'm here with my babysitter. I know she's not going to catch the Holy Spirit. She Flash got it. cut to she catches the bad boy. And I was like, yo! <laughs> so how did she start acting? Like a, you... She just, out of, out of nowhere, she just started dancing, mm-hmm. right? Like you did. Like yeah, your yeah, character yeah. does. Like, yeah. like JD does. She started dancing. And then she started praising God, yeah. which is what, you know, as a youth, when you don't see stuff like that, like my grandmother was Episcopalian, so we had to go to Episcopalian church and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it wasn't like that, you know what I mean? Right. Even though it was all black, it wasn't a Baptist church, you know what I right. mean? And when you, right. go to a, when you go to a Baptist church, you know, they, they put it in. That's some, that's well, some, I'd love to do that, by the way. I, I oh, saying, it's amazing. The choir, I would, everything. I would love to have the experience of going to a church like the one we're representing in this show. I just think it would be amazing. I've never seen that in real life. Obviously, I've seen it on, on TV and in, on video of people speaking in tongues and, and, and no judgments. I'm not, I'm, I'm, whatever works for you, that's amazing. I, like you said, as a child, I was always like, oh, my God, what is, what is happening? Right. 
And it was so shocking to see someone uh, reacting like that. To get so, touched by the spirit of God. So I, I like the idea that JD, you know, got the spirit when you yeah. uh, you were such a good minister that it just came right. to him. Right. The the music got into him, and 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 I don't even know was that scripted or I just improv that. I don't recall. Do you remember? I don't know if it was scripted. I think I think you might have improved it. To be honest, I think with I you. just thought I said to Bill like, "Oh my God, I should get the spirit." I think that'd right. be funny. Yeah. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. And what you a know, scene, man. A great scene. The choir was the great. The choir was amazing. Although yeah. the, although we do um, we do have two of them that, that spike the lens and wave at the camera around eight sixteen. I don't know if you caught that. They got <laughs> they may have caught the spirit too and, and decided to wave to the lens. But uh, but they were they were amazing. And by the way, am I mistaken or did you or did you when you were just riveted? One of the things that was you were so great when when they would when you would be in your element and they would just tell you to go. Whether that could be the the dan- the famous dance you did that 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 everyone always talks about or, or so many things. But in this moment, when you were just riffing and being that preacher, I mean, you just got lost in it. And it was so amazing to watch you do that. But I remember that when you can, what's the name of the song we sing in? Yeah, I couldn't remember, you couldn't the, remember song. the name of the song. I couldn't remember the song. And they kept it in. I thought that was so funny. Qua! It was supposed to be something like, Qua! Let us, let us, you know, uh, let us uh, uh, bless the congregation with the song you know, Christ the Lord. Right, right. right. And I, I remember getting there and being like, Choir, what's the name of the song we're singing? <laughs> but you stayed in character. It was so funny. You know, it was such a good lesson early on in Scrubs that if we, if we stayed in character, a lot of that stuff could, if it was funny, would stay in. Right. And and that was a perfect example of, of you doing that and Bill going in the edit room like, oh, that's funny. That's staying. Yeah, yeah. So, it. So this whole episode... Uh, it was written by Deb Fordham. Deb Fordham, that's right. Who also wrote the musical episode? Right, was the one of the main writers on the musical episode, and I think actually participated in writing a lot of lyrics for the f- famous musical episode. That's right. And Jeff Melman was the director, and yes, I just learned a little trivia that he directed some of the sitcom you did, The X's. Yeah, I did. I, I did. I did. You not put two and two together? I did not remember that. Do you remember? Do you <laughs> I remember? Do who, I do, do you, know who Jeff Melman is, but now that you have said that, oh, well, he yeah. only di- he only directed one episode of Scrubs, and it was twenty years ago. So you're okay for not remembering that. But I don't know if you put two and two together that he also directed your sitcom, The X. I think we even talked about him directing an episode of Scrubs when he directed the episode of right. The X's. But anyway, yeah. And Kristen Johnston, who you did The X's with, I bought her house. That's where I live. Yeah. Not only that, but you guys also did Twelfth Night together. We did Twelfth Night together in Central Park at the Delacorte, and you and that's when she said, "Hey, I want to move out of L.A. I'm over it. Uh, do you have any interest?" And I was just at the time when I was um, starting to think about uh, buying my first house. And what's funny is that she was quite an entertainer. She threw a lot of bashes uh, at the house, and so over the years, when I've told people that I, I bought the house from her, they're always like, "Ooh." I've been so fucked up in that in your house. <laughs> wow. Speaking of, wow. Well, she's now sober and she's written a wonderful book called Guts. Yeah. Which is I read out it. on the market right now. And if I you guys it. are listening and want a good read uh in the voice of Kristen Johnson, she also does the audiobook. You check yeah. check it out. It's very, very, very revealing and she's very open about her addiction. And so yeah. if you get the and opportunity. When you're, I've read the book and it's amazing and you should get it. And when you're hearing about some of her partying, just know it was happening in my Where bedroom. Where you live now. <laughs> Yo, somebody got mad. Dude, you, oh man, somebody got mad that I ruined that joke. 
Or that, not the joke, the bit of trivia. I know. On, on one of the last episodes, I, I said I, I was going to do a trivia for Donald involving the Breakfast Club, and he ruined it. And some guy, some guy wrote on Twitter, I was legit excited for a bit of trivia, and Donald did indeed ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to filter in some more trivia to the show. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, Deb Fordham, Jeff Melman. Um, it's a great episode. I got to say, you know, they're not all this good. This was a darn good one. And um, first thing I wrote down was Nurse Tisdale at 35 seconds in. Yes. Which is a homage to Fast the times. film Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Now, some of you younger folk might not know that movie. You should watch it because it's a seminal 80s film. And I remember watching it at someone's house far too young to be watching it. Like, I should not have been watching that movie at the age I was. And I remember feeling like, don't move because I don't want any adult to, to, to notice that I'm here and I'm watching this and I probably shouldn't be watching Phoebe Cates reveal her bosoms. Yeah. Uh, do you remember movie, when you saw that I, movie? I do remember when I saw that movie. And, you know, the one thing that stuck out from that movie for me was Sean Penn. Totally awesome. And his yeah. uh, Jeff Spicoli. Yeah. A little bit of trivia for you. Do you know who wrote that movie? Um, yes. It was a- Amy Heckerling. No, Cameron Crowe. Amy Heckerling directed it? Absolutely. Okay. Amy Heckerling, who wrote and directed Clueless? Wrote and directed Clueless, yes. So it's Six Degrees of Donald Faison is what you're saying. Six Degrees of Donald Faison. Forrest Whitaker's also in that movie. He directed Waiting to Exhale, and I was in it. And I remember going on the audition for Waiting to Exhale at the same time I was shooting Clueless, the movie. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, Forrest and I had a little conversation about his experience with Amy and the reason why I got Waiting to Exhale, because I'm sure there were a bunch of people who auditioned for it. But Forrest told me, he was like, you know, I went with you because, you know, you're working with Amy. And Amy gave me my start. And uh, oh, there, was some, cool. there was a form of nostalgia in it for me. That's really and cool. And so I got to be in Waiting to Exhale with uh, Whitney Houston, well, Angela Bassett, Loretta Devine, Leela Bashan. I got to, oh, man, I got to meet uh, several actors from Michael Beach to one of my favorite all-time performers, uh, Gregory Hines. That's what that, I've never seen the movie. I've got to be honest with you. But you're you've never making, seen Waiting to Exhale? No, but I'm going to write it down because I, we're looking for quarantine movies, and I, I, I do love your work. You should watch Waiting to Exhale. It's a lot of fun. It's a, do you have a good part in it, or should I need to just fast forward to your scenes? No, you should watch the movie. The movie is actually very entertaining. All right. uh, it's, 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 and the soundtrack is amazing, by the way. Holy cow. Babyface, you put your foot in it when you made that one. I don't, I don't know what that means. It just means he put some. He put some he did a good Stru- job. He put a little struzy on it. What you know to what I mean? Baby face. He's still doing his thing. Oh, I just haven't heard about him, his his name in in the public lexicon in a long time. Anyway, we digress. Let's get back. Sorry, in. we digress. Nurse Tisdale, um, she's coming down doing an homage to Fast Times at Ridgemont High. By the way, if you haven't seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High, you should because it perfectly, I think, encapsulates a period of time in in the eighties and. Uh, and it's a really, really, I mean, it was written by Cameron Crowe. I mean, it's a great movie. Um, 58 seconds, Snoop, you know, showing up. Snoop's in a lot of this episode, Snoop Dogg uh, intern. Snoop Dogg was in a lot of this show. I know, it's funny. If you guys start looking at the background, you'll and see And not Snoop Dogg, real Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg intern. <laughs> if you'll see, if you guys look at, if you guys look at these episodes uh, closely, you'll see that basically they're just, they're just moving around the same 20 background folks. And uh, there's times where it's like there'll be one scene and Snoop's in the background, and then, then we're upstairs and Snoop's in the background. I'm like, guys, come on. We just saw yeah, Snoop. Yeah, well, he, he worked a lot. And then yeah. 
but now we're starting to introduce new characters, so you'll see Colonel, Colonel yeah, so Doctor. Yeah, so at 151, a momentous moment. Colonel Doctor, first mm-hmm. appearance in the background. As Bill told us um, on the last episode, uh, named because everyone thought he looked like um, Colonel, Colonel Sanders. Sanders from right. the Kentucky Fried Chicken commercials. And is he still alive, or, or did he pass? I believe he passed away. I believe he passed away. Well, he was an older fellow when we were doing this 20 years ago. Right. Um, by the way, someone clarified for me on, on the social media interwebs that the Beard Fosse film I was trying to remember was Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I knew it was a Fincher oh, movie. it was Fincher. You were right. Holy so cow. I was right about it being Fincher. It's Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Um, Daniel Craig is on a plane, and the camera sort of just dollies past a close-up of Beard Fosse. So wow. thank you for the, for the uh, listener who helped me out with that. All right, on that, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. Tacovas are one of my favorite boot brands. They're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've made some innovations in comfort, style, and service. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. Whenever I slip on my Tacova's boots, I feel the cowboy magic, Donald. They're tough enough for getting dirty, but classic and stylish enough for a night out on the town. If you ever wonder if you can pull off cowboy boots, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas. You'll see. They'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. If you can't make it into a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R E A L. F-R-I-E-N-D-S. It's about a $30 value, and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code REALFRIENDS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. only at Tacovas.com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, read a book. Show up for a friend. A lot of people spend their lives wishing they had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it your priority. 
therapy personally for me has helped me a lot focus on my goals. And you've heard me talk about the podcast of the whole idea of whiteboarding and manifesting and, and really getting clear with myself what I want to accomplish in my life and where I want to set my sights. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RealFriends today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RealFriends. And we're back. Hey, listen, I occasionally season one would go out partying with you during the week. Yes. I was occasionally. Yes. I was feeling myself. I had never had a dollar in my pocket, let alone um, some some television show, television show. And you and I, uh, I can't, I mean, it's 45 years old. You can't imagine you would ever do this. But in our 20s, we would occasionally go out the nights of filming. Occasionally. I remember we would say things like, all right, look, just just going to do one shot. (laughs) (laughs) How about just one? I'm sure everybody out there can relate to to your friend going, how about just one? Yeah. We're going to do one shot. Hard cut to. Hard at six o'clock in the morning, if we're gone by midnight, we could be home by one, and then we still have a good five hours of sleep. Right. Hard cut to, like, at six in the morning, we're in Orlando Jones's swimming oh pool. Oh, my God. It wasn't even six. It was like 4.45. Right. And it, and it was the <laughs> night. Six, you had to be at work at six. And I had to. Did you have to go in or just me? You didn't have to go in. No, I had to go in, but I didn't have to be in until, like, oh, noon. Oh, man. This was, this is, this, if you looked at a graph of me being irresponsible at, at work, this was the high point. Because I think I was in Orlando Jones's pool, hammered at four forty-five. Yeah, and that day I had to shoot this Fonzie um, fantasy at three forty-one. That starts at three forty-one. <laughs> so when you see that Fonzie thing, not only am I hungover, I'm I'm still buzzed. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still buzzed from partying with Orlando Jones, dude. To this day, that's still one of the most epic nights. I mean, I we've had some pretty epic nights, but well, because I we had, were so young and fresh yeah. in the game. And I hadn't met that as, many stars. And, right. and and I was just like, I can't believe, are we going to Orlando Jones' house? Yeah. yeah, he was fresh off of doing, uh, he, he, had, he had already said goodbye to the 7-Up commercials. And now he, he had the movie that had just come out with him and uh, David Duchovny and uh, Sean William Scott called Evolution or something like that. And we right. were all hanging out. I don't know, but I was in excited to be with any star. I was excited. I was just excited. I felt like I'm living the Hollywood dream. I'm not waiting tables anymore. I'm partying right. with Orlando Jones and Donald Faison in a pool. Yeah, and, De- and Deontay Gordon and was Deontay with us, too. Gordon. <laughs> and Deontay Gordon, Donald's, uh, Donald Standen slash our friend. And, uh, and then I went and did this fantasy. So I was just watching it because I remember that being in pain. And it's, it's a very funny fantasy. So I'm, 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 I was grateful this many years later I didn't ruin a moment for the fans because that's a funny fantasy. It's hilarious. He's not going to make it. And then you come in and you I fonds turn him on his like chest. he's the jukebox. Like he's for those of you box. who are too young to remember, the Fonz, who I'm spoofing here, could, pretty much had magical powers. I mean, in happy when it days. came to jukeboxes and women, yes, the Fonzie. No, maybe in the beginning he was just jukeboxing, but then, like as I recall, late, in later episodes of, of Happy Days, he would literally he could like work magic. He with could his snap, cap. and women out of nowhere would show up. Yeah, Fonzie had to move out of Milwaukee because he had dated every woman in Milwaukee. As I recall, <laughs> that was a, that was a subplot. He had he had been on a date with every single woman in Milwaukee, and he could 
So he had to go out of city for that. Right on. Such a um, funny scene, though. Such mm-hmm. a funny scene. And that's how you, you know, we all believe in miracles. Well, that's how, that's what starts off your really cool arc about testing your faith. And, and so was it dropped from you? You mentioned earlier that it was, was your, was Chirk's religiousness dropped from here on out? Like, did it ever come so up again? Did you it, stop wearing that cross? The cross is I so prevalent. By the yeah. way, I love how you never see this cross ever before, but in this episode, because you're supposed to be religious, the cross is in every, every shot. Well, we, sh- we shot it in another episode also, but the cross is, uh, was, it was, after this, you don't see the cross anymore, um, I believe. And we don't talk about Turk's faith really anymore. As Which is bizarre continues. because at the end of the episode, your faith is restored. I mean, you literally have a sign from God to, to go save a pregnant woman in the park. Right, like I just knew she was in the park. Yeah, how did you just know? Did you even know? Does Turk even know Sarah's storyline about her having a, a pregnant woman? I think, the, I think the whole hospital knows about it because she's escaped. And everybody's on the lookout for okay. her. So you're on the roof. By the way, how funny is it that Judy trying to cheer you up wants to bang on the roof of the hospital? I know. <laughs> I thought that was a funny plot line. Like, I, here, baby, I'll cheer you up. Let's have sex on this gravelly, dirty rooftop. Yeah. I look back at that. I look back at that and I'm like, Turk, what were you thinking? I love yes. how I'm I love yes. how I love how I'm watching it going, ugh, it's gonna be so gross. And you're like, oh, what was Turk thinking? <laughs> 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 having like I, I I don't know I, I I think having sex in like really awkward places is always so like such a thing you only see in movies like have you had sex in awkward places before? Well, I'm not going to go too into my sex life for everybody, but I do I think I have hooked up on the beach with 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 someone and thought this looks way better in, in the movies. There's like sand right. in my creases. Yeah. Uh, no, I have never had sex in really any awkward there you go before. um uh, we're giving the exclusive here on fake doctors real friends donald Faison, never having sex in an awkward place like i, I know people that have done it in some crazy places i'm like yeah, there's people who are into that they're like yeah. they like they think of it like notches on their belt like we well, you're not gonna believe where we bang the hospital roof <laughs> <laughs> yeah turk and carla aren't that couple what about those people who brag, who brag about having sex on air, in airplane bathrooms? I, I always thought that would be humiliating to, to, to come out of the bathroom and everyone's looking at you and it's so it's obvious not, what you did. It's not – well, the, the thing is not a lot of people have the opportunity to have sex over a mile above the earth. Right. And so I get the allure. Yeah, You do get but, the allure. Yeah, I get the allure, but I'm not, real, I'm not jealous of it. Like yeah. you just said. You I know can't I mean? picture you doing that. It doesn't sound like a very Donald Faison thing to do. I mean, you never know. You oh, know? so you might. I mean, if it's a private jet. Oh, a private jet doesn't count. I'm talking about a commercial airplane. Like yeah, no, 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 no. Especially yeah. now after, after what we're going through right now with this whole quarantine thing. I don't think Oh, before the quarantine, you would definitely bang in a bathroom. Before the quarantine, I think a lot of people would be like, yeah, that's a possibility. But now I think after the quarantine thing, it's like, ah, there's a little too much germs. And I can't picture Casey Cobb being like, all right. There's no way. It's Absolutely time. not. <laughs> I would be like, babe, let's do it. And she'd look at me like I was stupid. She'd come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. That's funny. All right. So the park's called Miller Park. I couldn't help but think that might be for Krista Miller. Okay. Right. Yeah, sure. The park's called Miller Park. I mean, Bill said he's not great at naming shit, so. Speaking of Krista Miller, she's back! She's back! And she looks uh, beautiful, and she's funny as shit. And um, 6.33 is the first time I say banana hammock. 
Now, yes, and I- <laughs> what is a banana hammock? Is it the thing that Rob, uh, that, that Rob, aka Todd, wears? The the tiny. Yes. Yes, and and and, it, and it's called a banana hammock because obviously it's like laying your banana in a hammock. In a hammock. Okay. Now, I guess there are people, men, that wear these for real strippers. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're comfortable, if you don't have problems with your thighs rubbing together, banana right. hammocks are very comfortable. There. Do you? Would, could you ever consider? Would you ever consider? No, you, because wait, listen. Have, before you I, answer, if you knew you weren't going to be photographed by a paparazzo, by the way, singular of paparazzi is paparazzo. I don't know if you knew that. Okay. If you knew that you weren't going to be photographed and it would just be you on the beach in 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 wherever Brazil, would you would you rock one of those? If I had no worry about anyone ever seeing me in this, yeah, yeah, then why not go nude, right? No, I'm talking about you're still on a beach. People are like around. Oh, no, then no, I would not no. rock one of them. If people are around, then no, I would okay. never rock one of those. I sometimes think it would be fun to wear a speedo, like you know. Um, I, again, I don't want to wear it and, and have people look at me and, and judge, you know, everything going on. But I think I just think sometimes when I see people wearing them, I go, I think that might feel nice. Have a, a, a speedo on the out and about. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't I prefer to I have issues with like chafing with my thighs and stuff like that because oh, so, so you don't have a thigh gap. Yeah, no, I got quads and I got some <laughs> thigh gap. <laughs> I think I might have a thigh gap. Let me see. Yeah, I have a little thigh gap. I don't have a thigh gap. Yeah, we have my, big legs. My, my, my inner thigh touch. Yeah, they clap. They clap. That's the worst. Oh, you want to talk about feeling uh, feeling uh, uh, running with the chafe yeah. after a while and then having the burn in between? It's the so worst. So you can't jog because of your thighs. I can jog if I put on something like compression shorts, but I can't wear, like, wear tidy whities Like, I don't wear tidy whities because even just walking – is an issue with tidy whities Yeah, I don't wear tidy whities anymore either, but I, I used to be quite loyal to them. Yeah. The janitor is, for no reason at 940, punching the balls by a little girl, and um, both the little girl and the mom acknowledge the janitor. So, um, Bill, since you hold fast to the idea that the janitor only reacted with JD in season one and may have been a figment of his imagination... Why is it that a little girl randomly punches Neil in the balls and he reacts? Uh, yeah, when the janitor got hit in the balls by that girl, uh, like the nine and a half minute mark, uh, you want me to explain how the janitor can only interact with JD if this actually happened? That's easy. Um, Five, six, seven, eight. Here's no, Bill, stop and turn it off. Fucking guy. Um, the old school PSA. Yes, great. Hilarious. So funny. Very funny and very clever. Yeah, I mean, really, and, and just well executed. Uh, kudos to, to Jeff Melman, the director, and, and, and Deb for writing it. I thought that was just really clever, really well executed. Those, those sort of spoofing, those 1950s, you know, what do you call them, instructional videos? Yes. But then afterward, after the fantasy was over, we did it again where uh, the person who did the voiceover for the fantasy is now in the room with you. Right. And, and then he brings up, like, communism as though he's still back in the 50s. Right. And then looks off, he's looking off into the distance, I guess into nowhere, and then you look at him to see what he's looking at. Right. And then you exit that direction. I think he was trying to be one of those, like, 
you know, picture like a 1950s announcer guy who's like looking off into the distance and thus we will fight communism. And so, and then he's sort of frozen like that. And then, but it was sort of a JD sort of head look. So then I kind of did a look to him like, are you doing my thing or what are you looking at? And then I tried to look where he was going. But that's pulling out of a fantasy and still being, yes. you know, this You're is right. another example of that's that. That's not something that happened too often. No, this is, I think, and, the second time it happened. Well, we talked about the guy who was frozen um, right. after, uh, the orderly who was frozen after everybody else was frozen. It's not something, I think Bill, I think he said that he started phasing that out. But I right. thought it was clever, very clever. Same, same here. Um, I, um, <laughs> I, well, I have a couple of things. We shaved the baby. Okay. I laughed out loud. I laughed out loud. You I shaved down, the baby. Yep. Look, I, shaved and a haircut. Two bits. Yeah, I laughed out loud. That was JD's JD's um, improvisation for solving the problem. We shaved the baby. You shaved the baby? Yep. Shaved the baby. Shave and a haircut. Long pause. Two bits. Bill told me... Um, uh, early on, that one of the things he loved about Michael J. Fox working on Spin City was that Michael J. And, and everybody, you, when you think about this, when you hear this, you'll think about family ties and some of the amazing timing he had. Was that he knew how long he could milk a pause before that punchline? Like right. Michael J. Fox was fucking genius at, you know, I'll just use this as an example, how long he could have the audience, especially if the audience got ahead of it. Right. He knew that you still, I mean, it's, it's even better with a sitcom live audience, but he Absolutely. knew that shave and a haircut, two bits. You know, like he could, <laughs> he could just milk That's it. Pretty and even, good. <laughs> even if the audience started, on a sitcom started giggling because they were ahead of it, right. he could just milk that. And Bill said, and I think, I think that landed in, uh, in my head in, in some of my scrubs timings because I, I wanted to impress him like Michael J. Fox. Uh, but, um, but I, but I, I, I always think of that when you watch some of Michael J. Fox's amazing timing, how, how he could just, he just was a master of how long to hold it. Like, even let the audience get ahead of it, it's fine, and then say it, and it would be so much more gratifying. Right. I mean, Michael J. Fox is, you know, one of our, our best when it comes to just, I mean, you know. Family Ties? Did you watch Family Ties? Of course I watched Family Ties. Uh, he was amazing in that. And also, Back to the Future. You know, the first, we, I talk about Back to the Future a lot because it's one of my favorite movies, but the first Back to the Future, I know there's some plot holes in it that a lot of people can't get over, but to me, that movie is almost flawless. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, as far as time travel stories are so difficult to do, you know what I mean? And Or it, I shouldn't say difficult to do. I should say they're just doing a time travel story. It's been done so many times before. Right. And so you have to be pretty creative to make it, feel like, oh, this is, a, oh, no, you know, people say another time travel story. But if it's as good as Back to the Future was, you accept it and you're willing to go on the ride. Otherwise, it's like some cheese shit and, you you know, theory gets in the, in the way of a lot of stuff. And uh -huh. I, 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 they just, it's just one of those movies that, you know, you make a, you, it's just, it's, in my opinion, it's, one, it's a perfect movie. And wasn't it amazing that a movie could turn out that good and it was a film that they started over because they recast the lead. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 I mean, you mentioned this You mentioned this before, but for those of you who didn't hear that or didn't know, it was originally Eric Stoltz. I don't yeah. know how long they shot. You read the book. Do you remember? They shot half of the movie. So they shot all of the stuff That's in incredible. the 50s. That's incredible. They shot half of the fucking movie? Yeah. So they shot everything in the 50s. What they talk about, they talk about the movie like 
you know, Michael J. Fox is very athletic. What's obviously. the name of this book? Do you remember? For people I don't that remember it. Uh, oh. the, the dude tweeted. Joelle's going to look Joelle's it up. She's on it. it. But they shot half the movie, and they said, you know, Michael J. Fox is very athletic. But they said Eric Stoltz on a skateboard was magic. He just seemed way more at home on a oh, skateboard than probably Michael. was a skateboard, yeah. Right than Michael J. Fox did, and you know the rock and roll side of things. They say in the book, you know, Eric Stoltz had that, you know, has that very much grunge rock appeal to him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And Michael J. Fox is, you know, he is he is what he is. He's, you know, you when you look at him, you're not like yo. That dude uh, is just listens to rock all. Even even if he does, you know what I mean. He doesn't have that uh, look to him. And they mm-hmm. said Eric did. It just didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, how humbling. Can you imagine your? I mean, thank God Eric Stoltz went on to have this incredible career. And uh, holy shit, in Mask, if you haven't well, seen that, the movie Mask, and, that, and that's the thing. So they talk about that in the book. The reason why he was put in the movie was because he had Mask, the Mask coming out. You know what I mean? And so. They were banking on him getting nominated for an Academy Award for that movie, but then being in this blockbuster action adventure time travel movie. The name of the book is Back to the Future. I got to click on The that. Ultimate Visual History. Yes. Back to the Future, The Ultimate Visual History by Michael Clasterin. Yeah. Uh, so if you're a fan of the movie, uh, like as much as Donald is, you might want to check that out because it uh, sounds fascinating. I'm always fascinated in these production stories where someone's recast or they start over. I mean, I don't know if it's tr- true, so don't hold me to this, but I heard that American Beauty, which is one of my favorite movies, they shot like, not not as much as this, but they shot like a week of, and and um, and the director said uh, to the producers, I, I didn't get the tone quite right. You know, the tone of American Beauty is so specific mm. and and... As the as the rumor I heard goes, he said, "I I just didn't quite nail it. I need to I need to scrap that week and start over." And and the DreamWorks uh, producers, including Spielberg and the, and the other fellows, let him do it. That's interesting because Spielberg's very much involved in Back to the Future as oh, well. Oh, so maybe he's the, and, he's the uh, kind of producer that if you're let's it was Sam Mendes. Sorry, Sam Mendes' first film, and I love American Beauty. Please see that if you haven't. But I I again, it might be Hollywood lore, but I heard that that uh, that they they sort of started over again on that one. So these stories were. Where some movie is so incredible, it has such an impact, and then there's there's something that happened where they recast. Well, it happens all the time. Over. Some you know some Star Wars movie they did that with some of the Star Wars movies, like Rogue One. Apparently, there's a whole you know they they shot almost all of Rogue One and went back and reshot uh, a lot of the stuff in it. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, same well, thing what? with uh, same thing with Solo. You remember? You know? We well, of course. About that's changing. Chris. That's changing the directors. That's that's even crazy. Yeah, but there's a whole cut. There's a whole movie. According to lore, yeah. there's a whole movie that they made that you can actually take all of the special effects and all of the things that they did in the actual Solo movie, and you can put it into what they shot. And it's a completely different movie, but it still all fits together. What do you think happened? They were obviously my guess is they were just doing their hilarious improv comedic thing, and then Kathleen Kennedy—that's her name—did she yes. just not like that style? She's saying that's not Star Wars. No, I don't know if it was her. I don't know if it was. Uh, I don't know if it was the writer of the movie who's gone on to write some incredible movies. Uh, Jonathan Kasdan. It's yeah, Jonathan but Kasdan. His, his dad wrote. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah, he wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Empire Strikes Back, and they both teamed up to write Solo. I don't know what happened. I'd love to know that story. If we could reach out to them and they want to be on the podcast and right here they want to 
I don't think. About, I don't think even if we were to get Chris and Phil on the podcast, I don't think they're going to out their whole no, solo story. No, not Chris story. and Phil. Let's oh. ask Jonathan Kazan and Lawrence Kazan. All right, they'll never do it. I don't think they'll do it. How cool would it be if I could go and cut to and then they say it? You know, as the podcast gets bigger and bigger, uh, maybe we'll be able to get like really fancy guests. Like, and now Lawrence Kasdan. <laughs> Um, yeah, I always wondered what happened with that because I don't know why you would hire Chris and Phil if not to do what they do so well, which was to make it funny. And it, it, it seems to me, not as someone who's as dialed into the Star Wars universe as you, but when I think of Han Solo, I think, oh, let's give him some some jokes. Let's have him be quippy and funny. And it seemed like a perfect marriage. But I, it would obviously be a real interesting. Doing- it'd be very interesting to see that, you know, that side effects. And I love Solo. You know what I mean? There are a lot of people out there that really like that movie. And I'm one of those people. Um, it's a fun Star Wars movie. So then Ron Howard came in. And you know, he's an amazing director himself. Right. So. You know what's one of my favorite Ron Howard movies is Parenthood, the movie. If you haven't great seen movie. Parenthood. Great cast. Great movie. Amazing they went on to, cast. They went on to make a very popular TV show starring my doppelganger, Dak Shepard. I'm going to tell you something um, right now. Uh, that movie has one of my favorite actors. I am a huge fan of Rick Moranis. Yeah, where's and Rick he, Moranis been? He's amazing. Yeah, he's on his way. I guess he's he's agreed to do another project. I don't know what it is, but he's- oh, Honey, I Shrunk to, the Kids. Maybe he's coming back for that. That would be so awesome. I know they're redoing that with Josh Gad, and I think that he might be joining him. I'm oh, that would be so cool. Joelle's nodding, so that means I, yes. Yeah, Rick Moranis tragically lost his wife at the height of his career, so he quit to raise his children, oh. and now his children are grown, and he's coming back, oh, and I'm so excited. Thank God, he's so talented. I'm so, I'm so happy he's coming back. This is a funny, funny man. Tacovas are one of my favorite boot brands. They're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've made some innovations in comfort, style, and service. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. Whenever I slip on my Tacova's boots, I feel the cowboy magic, Donald. They're tough enough for getting dirty, but classic and stylish enough for a night out on the town. If you ever wonder if you can pull off cowboy boots, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas. You'll see. They'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. If you can't make it into a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R E A L. F-R-I-E-N-D-S. It's about a $30 value, and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code REALFRIENDS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. only at Tacovas.com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. 
smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Let me tell you guys, my family loves our Helix sleep mattress. Ever since we've got it, we've had some of our best sleep yet. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from. Each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Not only is the mattress the best I've slept on, but the setup was fast and easy. Helix mattresses are delivered in a box straight to your door for free. Helix is offering 20% off of all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash realfriends and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. All right, let's get back uh, to the show. Let's get back to the show, Donald. One of my favorite fantasies, uh, and I still use it to this day. I ain't buying it. Trying to sell somebody the book yeah. on the kid getting hit, the baby with prenatal lice. Yeah. And Krista says, I ain't buying Jordan it. Jordan says, I ain't buying it at the that checkout stand. That yeah, was funny. I ain't buying it. That's funny. And you passed something that I want to say still about shaving the baby's head that was funny. Oh, when, when Johnny sees mad that I didn't correctly tape over the and by the way for those of you young that's that's a vhs recorder so there used to be these giant tapes called vhs tapes um but i was laughing and um, when johnny sees yelling at me because I, I i fucked up the tape and and i go i i was there i could you know jot down some of my <laughs> feelings and impressions it's a very woody very, allen very woody of, allen yeah. i could i could you know jot down some of my feelings and impressions like I was gonna what am I gonna do like write down like and then the head emerged <laughs> um let's talk about Johnny C. McGinley as the Grinch that was yes. really funny he nailed that yes he did uh yeah. and and the words that he's saying I are those words from Dr. Seuss's nursery I think they're rhymes? supposed to be Dr. Seussy but they're not real Seuss but words. they're not real Seuss words Got yeah it. but that, they did a great job on his hair and makeup I thought he looked really cool and he was yeah. He was funny looking. I wonder how long he was in hair and makeup for. I can I could tell from from being on the show that was hours and hours and hours. He had hair like green hair glued to his face and stuff. Yeah, Sinner Man by Nina Simone, which is I, they really must have rolled out the bucks for to pay for Nina Simone on this episode as you run to the, to, the, to, to, to the, Miller Park to Miller Park. Hey, you know that that was what I was talking about when we were talking about the platform shoes. And oh, that's when they made run. Deontay run. They made Deontay do all of the things that you saw me do in that episode in like twelve-inch platform shoes. However, sure, much shorter he is than me. By the so way, eight-inch, whatever. It is. Why are you running? Why are you running like a cartoon character? Do you notice that it's like this really dramatic moment, and then you're taking corners. You know how when cartoon people run, yeah. they like <laughs> skid at the corners, and they have to like they have to like catch up to get in the corner. You're doing that shit. 
Well, I'm it like, all, bro. It's, it's all come, it all comes from Michael J. Fox, man. Speaking, we spoke about him earlier. It really is true, man. Mike, Michael J. Fox had some of the best running moments in the history of running. In Teen Wolf, when he's running through the halls and the guy's mopping and he's like, it's slippery that way. And Mike runs through and then slides all the way through camera, right. all the way through the hallway and then comes running back. Right. But as he's coming back, he's trying to keep his balance on this slippery floor. So you're saying that moment you're running in this was inspired. Everything, by that? everything I, you know, everything I've done in everything I do, I do it for you. I do uh, it for Michael J. Fox. Well, no, but every there's a, you know, whether it's a run or a walk or you know a facial expression, a lot of these come from my favorite actors. Yeah. So like Harrison Ford, Denzel Washington, Sidney Poitier. Uh, Michael J. Fox, Rick right. Moranis, Robin Williams, uh, Bill Murray, you know, mm-hmm. all of these people did something that I saw and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to try and do I wrote, I wrote down in 1918, Turk runs like a cartoon character. Right. That all came from me trying to run like Michael J. Fox. Yeah. So Turk gets a sign. He's on the roof again, right? You're on the roof again? Yeah. And you're just up there having a moment and you have a come to Jesus moment, if you will that there's a pregnant woman about to give birth in the park and, and you just... run and you run like a cartoon character to Nina Simone's center yes. yes. beautiful song. And, uh, and then you run to the park and you deliver a baby. Now, now Turk probably hasn't delivered that many babies. Well, he's a surgeon. I imagine, yeah, but he's, he's not, done... yeah, he's probably done a, a fair amount. I, I imagine that he's, he's not a gyno, but I, I know. Oh, I want to go to something assisted. that Joel is speaking of gynos. We're jumping around, but in the very beginning of the episode, Kelso is, is being sexist and, and saying to Sarah that she's going to become a, uh, a gynecologist, yeah. OBGYN. And then Joelle found this thing. According to an article by the American Medical Association, the breakdown of specialties dominated by women in 2019, um, 83.4% of OBGYNs are women. Wow. And 72% of pediatricians are women. Am I reading that right, Joelle? So, uh, which I thought was interesting. had it right. Well, I mean, I was offended by Kelso. I was like, fuck this guy. And then Joelle handed me this. And, uh, you know, I guess. But I understand that. Like, I, I, was your, was your, have your OBGYNs been, been female or, or male? Uh, first one was a guy. I was asking Donald <laughs> Joelle, but please. <laughs> oh my God, Joelle. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm laughing so hard. Joelle got so lost in the episode she started answering. You were totally asking Joelle. Wait, Joelle, sorry. I want I want you to answer, don't get me wrong. But uh, but you go first then and then we'll call on Donald. Donald has had eleven thousand children, so I wanted to know what go for you. Joelle, have your OBGYNs been uh Mostly. I'd say mostly, yeah. Three women, one guy. How about you, Donald? Of my life. Casey's uh, is a male. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, you, and your other, other baby mamas, do you remember? Uh, you don't remember. I it's don't, okay not to remember. I don't I, remember. I feel like if I was giving birth I, and I had a vagina, I'd want a woman. But maybe, I, maybe that's ridiculous to say. I, I just, I, what's my gut response? Okay, well, here's a, here's a, here's a good survey we should, we should do. And we, right. won't, and we won't use uh, that as an example. Let's use massaging as an example, okay? Yeah, yeah. Because that's pretty intimate, and it's harmless. Right, and right. what do you get, a man or a woman? What, exactly. What do you get, a man or a woman? I always get a woman. Same here. Joelle? Strongest hands? Who has the strongest hands? 
So you choose. So that's what you say. You say. So you, you just say, say who's got the best hands. So when they say man or female, male or female, you say strongest hands. Absolutely. Oh, the end. I thought it was funny that Sarah was. You're holding Judy like in front of you, but Sarah's holding me in front of her. Right. In front of the Christmas tree. Yes. Oh, yes. That was funny. I also was funny. there was one other part that we should talk about, and that's uh, when Cox and Jordan are fighting each other about their haircut shaving and everything like that. And then you jump in the middle and then they automatically turn on JD. And that's a lesson that I've learned at a, yes. that I learned at a young age. I guess JD was never, you know, I didn't have friends that had brothers or sisters or anything like that, but mm-hmm. never get involved when a couple is fighting. You stay out of it. Right. Unless, the, unless they invite you into the argument, stay away because that thing will turn on you so quick. It's hard sometimes because you want to weigh in, but you can't. But you can't. You got to keep it to yourself. You got to keep it to yourself. I had friends growing up, the Rogers brothers. There was four of them, right? And they would, you know, when they fought, they would fight viciously, punching and grabbing and choking. And, you know, they would beat each other up. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, you guys are brothers. Stop it. And you'd get in the middle of it. And then their anger all of a sudden went from them wanting to kick each other's ass to now them kicking your ass. And two on one ain't fun, dude. Or three on one, four on one ain't fun, man. And it would be, it would be, I would. So when JD did that to Jordan and Cox, I was like, that's the dumbest, that's the, that's a rookie mistake. That's the dumbest move ever. Never get involved in couples arguing. Right, right. I, well, I, I, I definitely try and stay out. But in your head, you're thinking like, you're, you're judging and you're saying like, but aren't you also happy when you're out in public and you see a couple fighting and you're like, yes, it's not me. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the one thing that my wife and I try not to do. It's always like, wait, wait till we get home. Wait till we get oh, home. Oh, really? You do the wait yeah. till we get home. Well, I don't do that. That's what she does to me. Wait oh, till, really? Wait we till gonna we get talk home. when we get home. We go, we go, right? <laughs> and I and I and I know right then and there I'm not going to I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm oh, not it's going the to worst. Sleep and then you have to drive home and just like in silence. Yeah. And then we you t- walk in and it, and it's on. Oh my and God. my wife's the type of person that's like, I'll, I don't like going to bed mad. Well, at least she has it out. You know, I, I, I think that's way better to have it out, even if it's like in, impassioned, rather than just sitting on it. I hate that. And, um, and I don't think you should go to, to, to sleep mad either. I think that's a, a good, a good uh, habit to have. Try and, Dude, try I've, been, and... I've been damn near sleeping where I'm just in, uh, where I'm passed out. My eyes right. are closed and I'm just agreeing now. Right. Just so I can go to sleep. The path of least resistance. And she'll be like, so what did I say? And I'll be like, oh, oh God, shit. here we go. <laughs> See, you are listening. I was listening. <laughs> Don't go to bed angry, everybody. That's Don't a lesson here from fake doctors, worst. real friends. Um, oh, one what? last thing I forgot. And let's ask Bill about this also. Go ahead. Before you're going to give, in- give Bill two this week. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, okay. So there was an alternate ending to this episode. Right, but that's oh, it's so dark. Note to it's end the episode. It's so dark. It was so dark to end the Christmas episode. I wasn't even going to bring it up because we were being so giddy, and it's a bit, it's a bit dark. But okay, go for but, it. But yeah, there was a dark ending to this episode, and I'm sure the. I fans don't think it was. An, was it an ending, or it was a subplot that w- was woven through? I think it was a subplot. It might have been. Let, let's ask Bill. Bill, there, I know at the end of this episode there was a moment in between with Jordan, and uh, we almost forgot about the call. There was a moment with Jordan. And uh, and uh, and Cox, where they said something different when they were looking at the baby when they finally went to visit the baby, and it there was some- a, there, no there was a subplot. Do you want me to tell you what it is and then have Bill talk about it? Sure. It was a subplot that they, when they were together, had lost a child. 
And um, so that was some of the dramatic undertones of, of, of them and dealing with their friends having a new baby. And, and that's I why they didn't want to go to the room. Right. And I believe, or the, or the, the, the nursery where, where you see right. kids. And I believe that Bill had an argument with the network about cutting that out. So, uh, Bill, uh, tell us about that and what your struggle with the network was, please. You know, it's interesting. I don't remember specifically the struggle with the Jordan Cox losing a baby uh, thing, but the one thing that we were always dealing with early on in Scrubs was that we would pitch the network stories that weren't specifically comedies, you know, and it didn't sound like, hey, three patients come in and one of the three of them is going to die, but they all three die. Hey, Dr. Cox used to be married to someone. They lost a baby. Hey, we're going to introduce a super big movie star, guest star who seems really funny and jovial, but he's going to have leukemia and then come back next year and die from it. So we always met resistance. Thank you, Bill. Let's take a break. We'll be right back after these fine words. Tacovas are one of my favorite boot brands. They're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've made some innovations in comfort, style, and service. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. Whenever I slip on my Tacova's boots, I feel the cowboy magic, Donald. They're tough enough for getting dirty, but classic and stylish enough for a night out on the town. If you ever wonder if you can pull off cowboy boots, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas. You'll see. They'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. If you can't make it into a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R E A L F R I E N D S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code REALFRIENDS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. only at tacovas.com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Let me tell you guys, my family loves our Helix Sleep Mattress. Ever since we've got it, we've had some of our best sleep yet. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. 
So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10 to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Not only is the mattress the best I've slept on, but the setup was fast and easy. Helix mattresses are delivered in a box straight to your door for free. Helix is offering 20% off of all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash realfriends and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. Now, Joelle, I believe we have a caller or two. Hi, guys. How are you doing, Brian? Good. How are you? Brian O'Malley. Oh, my Woo! God, Brian. You I'm got to the... record that somehow. You good. You or should... I am recording it, actually. You know, and you know what, Brian? That can be your uh, your new ringtone. Donald giving you an Oprah. Brian O'Malley and wife <laughs> O'Malley. That is definitely going to happen. Speaking of ringtones, I, I digress for a moment. The good people at iHeart are putting together uh, the ability for for folks to have our theme song be your ringtone. We're working and, uh, on it. And that's in the works because I've gotten, been getting a lot of love on the social media for our theme song, especially Wilder's version. And um, Wilder's uh, version will not be available. Not gonna, that's not going to be available. For Wilder's me. version will not be available for ringtone. Although I did hear a lot of people say that should be the new version. Forget your version. But those people are wrong. Um, but pretty uh, soon, Brian, what you drinking, man? What are you drinking, Brian? Uh, this is beer. Oh, what kind, what kind of beer you got there? It's uh, like a hazy IPA, juicy, eight percent. I, I like stuff that's strong. Oh, okay, um, well, I got myself a little margarita. Oh, that's awesome. Is yeah. that just like lime juice, tequila? I don't know what they use at Casa Vega. There's a restaurant <laughs> in my neighborhood that they... That oh, you're really still drinking it. out of your, your gallons there. We have so many. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, hi, guys. Where do you live and what's happening? And Brian, introduce your, your girlfriend, wife, friend. This is my partner. This is uh, Dr. Hi. Ellen Acri. Hi, there. Hi, um, Doc. Hi, Doc. And uh, we live in Evanston, Illinois. Oh, I went to Northwestern. Right, yeah. So we we uh, we both work at here actually too. Um, she works at a hospital here, and I own a small business on Central Street. You know, right down from the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, we just um, we do that. And Ellen is uh, eight and yeah, almost nine months pregnant. I'm almost wow. at the finish line. Wow. Congratulations! <laughs> yeah. Congratulations! Thanks. Do you guys know what you're having? A boy. Nice. I was gonna say a person, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> A person, um, yeah. right on. Good for Congratulations, you, guys. That's cool. You. Thank you. Way to go, guys. Yeah, so we're, you know, it, it's definitely uh, anxiety-causing. You know, I, I, we neither of us have had kids before. Um, I used to be a teacher, uh, but it's not quite the same when you know you can send them home at, like, right. 3 o'clock and just be yeah. done with them. Um, so now it's like they're here for good. Okay, um, well, Brian, I'm going to give you a little bit of... You're talking to the right man, Brian. Donald, I have I know, so many I know. kids. Okay. I know, that's what I heard. Um, Nine, right? Yeah, something like that. He doesn't even remember something like that, right? That's that's a great that's a great story. How many kids you got? Something like nine, I think. Six that I know about. Right. So the first year, Brian, there's not much you can do. Nice. That's the honest to goodness truth. Except yeah. be supportive, change diapers, 
But there's not much you can do because the baby's but you not can gonna. Say, can't you say, "Honey, can I get you anything?" Absolutely, you better uh, say that. You have yeah, to. You say that's say supportive, that. right? Uh, yeah, 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 that's being supportive. So there's not much you can do the first year. It's after that where you are, you are hands on and in it to win it, or she's gonna leave you. Yeah, <laughs> remember that. Yes. Yeah, yes. Brian, she, write she that down. By, yes, yes. She she is basically keeping us comfortable, so I'm not gonna play with that at all. <laughs> Right on. Well, I'm so I'm so happy for you. That's exciting. And thank um, you. And um, what do you do? You have any names in mind, like uh, Zach or Donald? <laughs> yeah, I wanted a Jennifer Dillon or something like that. Um, <laughs> That'll work. Uh, cool. It's a boy, so we went with uh, Alan. Uh, we're gonna name him Gabriel and call him Gabe. Beautiful. Gabe, I love it. Beautiful name. Beautiful name. Thanks. Yeah. Gabe oh. Finn O'Malley. Yep. Oh, Finn's a good name too. Now, Finn from Star Wars, or just Finn because Not everything is Star Wars, Donald. But sometimes <laughs> it can be. I could, huh? Honestly, I was thinking more Huck Finn from Mark Twain, to be oh, honest. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's that Finn too. Way more yeah. literary, Donald. Come on. Geez. There's that Finn too. All right, Brian, go ahead with your question for the legendary Donald Faison or and Zach well, Braff. It's, it's for both of you. Yeah. Oh, and, fine. And I'll it, answer. It, it definitely relates to what we were talking about, but. Um, I was curious of which uh, character between you and Donald and maybe uh, Dr. Cox do you think was like the best dad overall? And then kind of a follow up, but like, what do you think their kids would be like now, like 15, 20 years later? Wow. Wow. Good question. Well, I do think both characters were very excited about their children. And, um, and uh, I think we saw from a flash forward, as I recall, that don't they end up getting married? <laughs> they do, and we and we lose it. <laughs> oh, I faint. Yeah, that was like I think, the, I, I think that was I, the saddest episode. I think I faint. Uh, uh, as I recall, I did this. I I, I wiped my do the, I, the fan. I, the fan. I fanned my yeah, eyes and fan. fainted. Yeah, that's a gif I, I see all the time. Um, I don't know. I think we'd be great parents because um, you know we're both characters were again not afraid of showing emotion, not afraid of being affectionate. Um, I, my father was very, a very affectionate man and gave me hugs and kissed me. And, and, um, and I, I always thought that that was important. And I, I, I love that he did, he did that. And, uh, I think that both Turk and JD would be, would be very involved. They're the kind of fathers that would want to be all over it. Not one of those people that's like, all right, you, to the woman, you handle it. I'll, I'll, I'll coach sports one day. Um, <laughs> that was, uh, that was not my experience. <laughs> What about yeah, you? What do you I, think, Donald? I think Turk and JD co-parented too. You know what I mean? I think they helped each other out as far as raising their kids went. You know, it, they say it takes a village to raise a child. And I think their little village, I think the hospital or, you know, wherever they wound up when the show ended, I'm, I, I believe they still lived in the same proximity of each other. I think there, it was a communal raising of the children even mm. even uh i think yeah i think jd i uh and uh what was what was elizabeth banks character's name kim was yeah. it kim kim you didn't know zach shut <laughs> the fuck know. up you didn't know <laughs> i was waiting for you brian i was waiting for brian i was about brian i was like got you. i was brian like this i was like about to say it i was like pretending that my mouth was opening and then brian said i was like, yeah kim donald kim. i was waiting for zach sorry so my baby mama my baby mama right so i think both kids the one that he that jd had with kim and the one that he had with elliot uh and then turk's kids as well i think they they were raised together and they grew up together 
That's a nice. I think in one of the episodes you tried to like. I think they got you were trying to set them up, right? Like it was one of the series finales, maybe. That we were trying um, to set the kids up. Yeah, weren't they like they met or something? And no, as they, babies. Well, they, as babies, I remember. They oh, baby, I remember. Baby, I remember okay. doing an episode in the park where we're and both we're doing, trying to get them. Okay, treating them like, like, like ventriloquist dolls, yeah. like dummies. <laughs> Do you have another question? Uh, I mean, one of my other questions was just, you know, advice for being a dad, but you, you kind of already covered that. You I mean, got this, dude. Um, you got yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's... Listen, my advice, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, my advice ain't shit. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. You know, it's it's how you two decide to do the thing. You know what I mean? My advice, I can, all I can say is just just show as much love as you can to your boy. That's so important. I like what Zach was saying, too. I mean, me and Alan were joking, but I was like, I think, like, the fact that JD was a sensey, you know, like, being sensitive is, like, an important thing to impart uh, in kids early, especially boys, I think, nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of our, you know, our big focuses for him. And and just let them be who, whoever they are. You know, a testament to yeah. my father was he wasn't, he was so into sports, my dad, but he wasn't trying to make me a jock. He wasn't, you know, fortunately, he was also into theater, which which is what I took to. But, um, but I mean, just like uh, my advice, and again, I have no kids, so don't listen to me. I have dogs, and I can highly recommend crate training. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you guys want to try that. But um, with the kid, yeah, that's what yeah. I that's what I always say to Donald okay. when I when, okay. I when I say to when I'm with Donald and his kids are misbehaving, I'm like, why don't you just put him in the crate, dude? That works great for my puppy. My daughter looked at me and she was like, "You're gonna put me in the crate?" <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're in that crate or... right now. She's like, but I'm not a dog. <laughs> but I mean, just let them. One of the things I, one of the things I, I, I really cherished about my relationship with my father was that he was so accepting of whoever his kids were. And I, I, I you know, you're obviously it's nature nurture. You're going to be shaping a, a part of who they are, of course, too. But, but let them show you who they are, and then and then and then celebrate that and let that flourish. Uh, again, that's coming from someone with no children, but it is coming from someone who who had a great dad and 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 was really appreciative that he was like that. Well, could I, can I ask one more thing, sort of related? Sure. But did you guys? I, I you know I didn't like look up biographies. Do you guys have siblings? Yes, I have several siblings. I have four brothers, two uh, that I grew up with, and two that I did not grow up with. We, we we were a big family. I think that's why I have such a big family now. Uh, I feel like it's the more the merrier. Yeah. You know, um, I have but... um I have two I have um three sorry, let me start again. I had four children total in my family and I'm sorry I'm I'm struggling with this just to be honest. I lost my sister two years ago. So I'm like literally oh, trying I'm so sorry. It's okay, but I'm trying to answer this question uh, no, honestly no, 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 no. and it's like I'm having to recount. There were four children in my family, and then my parents got divorced and remarried, and I gained uh, three stepsisters. So two stepsisters on one side, one stepsister on the other side. So we we're a, we're a huge family, and um, and yeah. So I also think you guys should have more. So sorry, sorry guys, but you're gonna have to have more kids so they can. Uh, well, that's what I was thinking because we only have the one, and that's probably gonna be it. Um, so you know, the whole only child, especially nowadays when I don't even know when he'll be able to hang out with other kids, you know, or if they'll be able to go to preschool or stuff like that, daycare. Right. Um, right. I think you got it some years before uh, you yeah. worry about that. So um, right. you'll, you'll Hopefully be fine. vaccines or something like smart. that will be invented yeah. and we can all go back to That'd a new nice. normal uh, right. sometime yeah. within a year or two. Yeah. Hopefully. That would be awesome. Is the keg still open in Evanston, the bar? No. Oh, okay. Keg is closed. That's where we Sorry. used to go and try and sneak in with our fake IDs. Yeah, we're we're like I. That's probably why they closed. Bar, beer shop type place. What's the name of your What's the name of your place? 
It's called Beer on Central. It's oh, not nice. very inventive because we're on Central. Do you want us to do an ad beer. for it right now? We're going to do an ad for it. Donald, when I'm in Evanston, Illinois, and I want a beer, you know where I go? Where do you go, Zach? I go to Beer on Central. Beer on Central? Is that <laughs> oh, a yeah. place? Oh, it's a place, and it's in Evanston. <laughs> and if you're going to buy beer, it's the best place to buy beer. It's called Beer on Central. Is it on Central? It's on Central, and it's called Beer on Central. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of Northwestern students uh, are always looking for a place to buy beer. Do you, have, do you sell kegs, uh, Brian? We don't, but I mean, after this, I can. Yes, Brian is going to change his whole business model to offer kegs <laughs> to all you college kids. This advertisement, kids. I'll do that. Yes, this is worth millions of dollars in free advertising. Yeah, right? no, this is insane. So, Donald, beer on Central. Beer, beer on, on Central. Central. The next time I'm in Evanston, Illinois, I yeah. am going to check out beer on Central. Yeah, and you know Please what, Donald? Do. You know what, Donald? I might even just go to Evanston to buy beer from Beer on Central. Yeah, you know what? If you do, just tell him Brian O'Malley sent you. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what's, a, there, what's so. a beer that you oh, recommend? Oh, Brian's the only one there. So it'd be like, Brian. Right now, during everything. <laughs> Brian, for, for those of people who are listening who like, a, who like beer, can you recommend a, 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 one of your microbrew or, or, or fancy beers that people should try that you highly recommend? Um, you know, right now, like what's really popular is like I was drinking earlier, these like hazy IPAs, they're... Uh, tend to be like kind of stronger, very juicy, not bitter, very popular. Uh, this one's from St. Errant. They're great. Hot Butcher. There's a bunch of really cool ones in the city. Um, so so Saint, beer is amazing. So St. Aaron is the brand? This one, yeah, that's what I'm having now is a St. Aaron. Can I get that anywhere? Can I get that in Los Angeles? No, like right now we only do local stuff. There's oh, so, much so stuff you're only doing local. That's even cool. One of the other things I like about beer on Central, Donald. What is that? Is it's, <laughs> all, it's all local beer. Oh my! You're talking about beer on Central? Yeah, one of the things that I, one of the, my favorite things about beer on Central in Evanston, Illinois, is that it's all all stocked with local breweries. <laughs> that sounds delicious. I like IPA a lot, by the way. And this is going to sound really lame in Hollywood, but I'm gluten free, and uh, there are some really good gluten free IPA beers. Yeah, we have some too. There's one called Omission. I'll give a shout yeah, out to. We have Omission, and there's one I think called. Gutenberg, not Steve Gutenberg. Glutenberg, Glutenberg. maybe? Glutenberg. Yeah, they'd have gluten in the title. So there yeah. you go. I'm giving right those beers a shout out, and they should advertise with us because Thank we're giving such know. a wonderful I, advertisement to beer. I can you guys out a box. You know, give me an address. I'll no, send you out no, some no, 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 no. I'm not giving you my address. Um, <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> that's fair. Give me a PO box. I'll take no, a PO we don't want to take your your wares. We don't want to take your wares. We want you to. You need to make that money for this baby. That's right. That is true. She's making all the money, really. So that being said. If you're ever in Evanston, Illinois, <laughs> the place to go yeah. for a great local beer, yeah. Beer on Central. Beer on Central, everybody. <laughs> beer on Central. And uh, thank you, listen, thank guys, you. thanks for coming on. Thanks for the good questions. No, thanks thank for you. telling us about beer awesome. on Central. And um, have fun in Evanston, Illinois. I spent, um, I spent four years there and had a great time, although it's too fucking cold for human beings. <laughs> Ladies and right. gentlemen, big round of applause for Brian O'Malley. And beer on Central. Oh wow, you gave you gave beer on Central the Oprah treatment. Yeah, why not? What's <laughs> what's the, the name of your Central partner message. again? Ellen Acre, Doctor Ellen Acre, and Doctor Ellen Acre. Oh my God! Thank you. You're, you're, you're blowing out the mixer here, Donald. I'm not. It, it, Oprah, if it goes Oprah, out, Dan got it. Dan got Oprah, it. Oprah, Oprah doesn't go that loud. Sure oh, she does. Okay, well she has the 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 mixer at the Oprah show is like here she goes and he's fucking ready with it. <laughs> She's about to do it. <laughs> Hand over the button. <laughs> <laughs>
You could just see the mixer in the back of the Oprah show going, oh, shit, she's going to yell and putting his finger over it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Dan does that when you're, when you're saying hello to guests. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much. Be healthy. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. Wow. Thank you. Wow, Donald. What, what nice folks, Donald. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I got to tell you, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to frequent beer on Central. Next time you're in Evanston, Illinois. You do you should. drink beer? You don't really drink beer anymore, do you? I'm a huge beer drinker. I just, you know. It's so I find at, I find, Yeah, I find that uh, it's a little heavy for me. That's the only thing. It just feels like shit when you're working out and trying to stay thin, and then you go have a fucking big-ass thick beer, and you're like, uh, I might as well have a milkshake. Right. I like hard liquor. Yeah, I know. I like, oh, I, I, oh, I, I, I know. Oh, you're an asshole. You like I tequila. Truly, well, no, I, I, you know, I, it was Cinco de Mayo yesterday, so, and the last time I had tequila, it was the last thing that I had in the in the in the cupboard. But what I truly like, I like a good uh, bourbon or scotch. What about Corvassier? No, I. What you is know, what is Corvassier? I don't. It's a it's a drink. It's a it's a it's a brown liquor. Um, you know, for a while Joelle, I was. Joelle, I was what's a, Corvassier? She's looking. I was a Hennessy drinker for a while, you know, or E and J. I liked E and J back in the day. I don't know what any of these drinks are. You don't know what Hennessy is? Work. I've heard of Hennessy, but I don't think I've ever tried it. You don't it. know what Hennessy You've had an Incredible Hulk before, and you don't know what Hennessy is. Do you remember the Incredible Hulk? Oh, we used to play poker, and you would make a Oh, it's cognac, she says. We used to play um, poker, and you would make a drink called the Hulk. What's, was that a real drink, or you made it up? It, I didn't make that up. It, but when you mixed Hennessy and not Alizé, but Hypnotic, Hennessy and Hypnotic mixed together. Sounds horrible. Oh, but it would turn Hulk green, and you'd only need one. It was so sweet, right? Ugh. But you'd only need one to knock you on your ass. And we would play poker, and the crew would come over. You know, Calvin would come over. Yeah. Ethan would come over. Ethan, you would yeah. come over. And we'd drink that all night and freaking be hammered until like right. 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, playing poker. Have you ever had a cement mixer? What the heck is that? It's fucking nasty. It's two different things. You guys can Google it if you want to puke. I remember doing this on my 21st birthday, and I puked. Um, but it's two different alcohols you put in your mouth, and they solidify when they react with each other, and it feels like a cementy oatmeal thing. That's disgusting. It's so gross. That is disgusting. It's, like a, it's the kind of thing that college kids do shots of, like Jägermeister. You ever do shots of Jägermeister? Yeah. I'm proud to say that uh, at 45 years old, I can't drink like that anymore, nor do I want to. A hangover is like four days. Yeah. I, you know, I've learned a little thing called Do you remember Pedialyte. we did that thing in Scrubs? Yeah, Pedialyte. We did that thing in Scrubs that it's become so relevant in my life. I don't know what episode it was, but it, we went around the table of all the different ages of yeah. women. Having, <laughs> who was the – was Mandy the, the young one? It was Mandy – it was Manny Sarah, Moore, and then Sarah, and, and then, then Judy, Judy, and then Krista. <laughs> and, then Krista. <laughs> and they were all hungover, and the camera went around and showed all the, the, the different levels of how a hangover affects different ages. Yes, yeah. And then yeah. by the time it got to Krista, she had sunglasses on and was asleep. And just blacked out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> With a smile on her face. I think of that fantasy, or oh, not fantasy, I think of that moment all the time because, uh, man, a hangover at 45 is not a hangover at 25. No, it's not. Listen, I miss you. Do you? It's always so nice to touch base with you. Do you really miss me? I really I miss do, you. man. I, 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 if, if, if the world were open, I'd have you over. We'd, we'd, we'd sit by the pool. We'd have, a, we'd have a margarita. 
I would. I bring my picture of margarita too. You bring your picture over. I'm supposed to write today, but uh, I would. I would scrap writing and just join you by the pool for margaritas. That's what would happen today. You're working right now, huh? I am. I'm writing. Look, do you want to see? I'll show you. Look at this. This is just showing that shit ain't fucking around. This is the first draft. Wow, you're for real about it. He just pulled yeah. out a two finger. That's about an inch of. Uh, yeah, it's way too long paper. right now. A Holy typical cow. screen. A typical screenplay for those of you uh, not in the know is roughly 120 pages because they say roughly uh, a script works out to a page a minute, and you don't want your movie typically to exceed 120 minutes. Um, and this first draft is 144 pages, so there'll be lots of cutting to to occur. But it's happening, Donald. The wheels are turning. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. Aren't you going to ask what you usually ask when I write a screenplay? Are there any black people in it? There are black people in it, and there might even be a part for you. A, a good part, or are you just going to throw me a little bone? You'll probably have to audition. <laughs> when I gave Donald my first draft of Garden State, he said, are no, there you any- said to me, I really want you to read my script. Right. I really want you to read thing. my script. It was a big thing. It was my first screenplay. He was my new best friend, and I said, I'd really like you to read this. And he said, are there any black people in it? And I said, um, there's, there's one or two. One you're not right for because um, he's, uh, he's an African uh, man that's been adopted by Natalie Portman's family. And the other is, um, is being played. Uh, At the time, you had given the part to most deaf, is what you said to me. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. Really? No, yeah. it, was method. It, was method. it was always Method Man. It was, okay, so then it was Method Man at the time. Yeah. Yeah. You, said, you said, yeah, and then the other part I gave to Method Man. Yeah, and I knew right then and there that I would never read that script. And so Donald, Donald, in protest, because I had given the role uh, to to Method Man, um, never read the script. It's a great movie, though. Thank you. Thanks for very, checking it very, out. very well received. Also, thank you. And and you're in. You know, I I I, I could, thank you. Oh, Dan's giving thumbs up. And Donald, uh, I I didn't make the same mistake twice, and I made sure to put you in Wish I Was Here. Yeah. And I was very happy to be in that movie as well. Great movie. Yeah. Mandy Patinkin, holy cow. Yeah. And you were very funny in that movie. You only had Mandy Patinkin. St- let's get let's get Mandy Patinkin, Josh Gad, holy cow. Yeah. Kate Hudson, holy cow. Yeah, there's some great performance in that movie. Jim great Parsons performances. is funny as shit in that movie. Let's give a shout out to the film Wish I Was Here, which you can uh you can see. I think it's on Netflix. You know how I know it's on Netflix, at least in the United States, is uh Joey King, who plays my daughter, has become so famous. Joey King, holy cow. Joey King steals the movie and has become so famous that Netflix has redone the poster so it's just Joey King's face. (laughs) Even if you don't watch the movie, do me a favor and go to your Netflix and look up Wish I Was Here and you will see it's a picture of Joey King's head because she has become such a big star and particularly on Netflix with, uh, with, with Kissing Booth, which was like one of their most watched movies ever. And I just thought it was funny that Netflix was like, no, we don't need uh, Kate Hudson, Zach Braff, Josh Gad, Manny Patank on the poster. Just a shot of Joey's head. But much Amazing. deserved. She's a superstar, that guy. She is a superstar. Thank you so much for listening to Fake Doctors, Real Friends. I'm your co-host, Zach Braff, along with my friend Donald Faison, here to make you laugh, here to make you smile with a touch of nostalgia. Have a great day. Take him to church. Here's some stories about a show we made about a bunch of docs and nurses and a janitor who loved to hate Infinity. 
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, it's simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. You can learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.